uh, obviously concerned about the pandemic. They've been watching all the news. They're falling into the hype. And, you know, I, I try to help them out with that as much as I can. But uh, we had some uh, communications electronically, a little Zoom call here and a, a few cell phone calls there, a text here, a Facebook message there. But the primary family unit was together, and uh, we enjoyed uh, our usual level of uh, holiday festivities. So all in all, uh, a little subdued compared to our usual, but still uh, extremely extremely enjoyable the only thing that would have made it better is uh if it had uh as far as the holiday was concerned uh, lasted a little bit longer than one day i, I could use a little more of the holiday season <laughs> for multiple days uh i get you i understand that all right Ron. uh first of all you know this is your first official visit here uh for the month of december and uh, there's a lot of things still uh, moving, a lot of moving parts involving our election, the process there. Far from done, and and you know it, it's hard if you watch the legacy media uh, not to feel like all is lost. Uh, but then if you found some alternative sources of news and information, uh, then it's hard not to be maybe overly excited. I, I've become rather cynical uh, over the years, but I know when. The government starts doing their shenanigans. They usually get what they want one way or another. Uh, I, I think the American people are waking up enough that we may be able to push back on that. I just don't know for sure how things are going to fall here. Uh, do you think that it is more important right now to focus on the runoff senatorial elections in Georgia than the uh, effort to try and salvage – the rightful re-election of Donald Trump. Which one do you feel is more important at this moment for conservatives trying to save the republic? Ooh, I hate to say it to you this way. Uh, I know that this isn't the kind of answer you are looking for. I think we've got to do both. We've got to figure out <clears throat> how to do both because we have to maintain the Senate whether we hold the White House or not because we need to push back and we have to have uh, um you know republicans in the senate to get things done since the house still remains in democrat hands and you know how difficult it has been with donald trump with the republican majority can you imagine the difficulties if the senate were taken over by the democrats and and the, and the president still retained uh, the white house but um i think in in the uh, grand scheme of things they're equally important and I very I'm angry about what's been going on, but I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic that uh, things are going to pan out the way they should, because as the evidence continues to just pile on and pile up, it's going to be. I think it's so massive that. Um, it, it, it just by the sheer magnitude of what's going on, that's how I believe. You know, enough people are going to say, you know what, this is this is just too much. There must be something to it. And whether you like Trump or not, it's more important that we get to the bottom of it and restore the truth of the election. It's more important that that is, uh, you know, we 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 um. Maintain that because if we if we allow them to lose to to um, get away with what they're doing or have been doing, uh, 
Um, they have so much control, and there are so many of them in so many areas of the government. We may not ever get it back. Yeah. So that's well, the good news, that uh, sometimes it has to get that bad in order for people to rise up and do the right thing, and we're in one of those historic moments. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about it a little bit before, and I am feeling better about the American people in general. Uh, there are a lot of people who have typically voted Democrat who are walking away from the party. I mean, aside from the official walk away movement, there's a lot of people that are just seeing this and they are shaking their heads and they're starting to realize that they've been lied to for a long time. And uh, I, I'm feeling better about things because for the longest time, Ron, you and I have discussed it multiple times, kind of felt like they were okay with that because as long as their side was winning, that's fine. But I think they're starting to realize now that their votes are not being taken seriously either, and we're seeing with every pick of Joe Biden's, with every individual he wants to put into a position of a cabinet level or an advisory role, that the intention is to take a extremely hard left and exactly what you said, put us in a position where the good guys will never be in charge again. Uh, liberty as we understood it, as limited as it has been the last few decades, it will be gone for good. We will be the banana republic. We will be Venezuela if they get their way. And thankfully, a lot of people are starting to see that. Yeah, and I thank God enough Americans do not want that. Um, unfortunately, there's still a lot that do. At least one-third of Americans would want that and don't care if, if things are destroyed because uh, you know they believe in their philosophy and and they want to stick to it all the way. There are many people that um, are willing to lose millions, lose their own lifestyle if it means destroying the Republican Party, destroying our Constitution, our, our, and getting us permanently away from the Federalist Papers. Um, it, it's it's uh, pretty um, sick when you when you when you think about it. Uh, many of your mayors and see that's what we have to reconstitute our efforts once uh, Trump is reestablished. We have to reconstitute our efforts in cleaning out from the local level because, as they used to say a long time ago, all politics is local. And if we don't clean up these mayors and these governor positions and city councils and all of that, school boards, even even if Trump, well, he is going to be reinstated. But with all of that and it will be right back in this position again. We have to start cleaning up our local houses because many of the local politicians do what? They expand. They they, they move to uh, state legislators, legislatures, and then they move up from there. And so we have to de uh, take the incentive away from career uh, political uh, goals. Politics was not meant to be a goal um, of, of, of a career, long-term career. It was meant to be something you hopped in for one term, maybe two, and you legislated on behalf of the economy you were going to be returning to, not the current way that most politicians operate. They legislate and operate for the benefit of the government and against you and I, 
and they learn this at the local level. The power has been taken away from the parent as far as the proper education of the children. The people has continuously been just wrestled away in, in states like Michigan and even increasingly in your state where they have a 34% uh, increase in property taxes, I believe. Yeah. Um, that's just one thing. I mean, these kinds of politicians, you got to get away from them. Now, there was no logical reason for that to happen in your state. You all had a nice tax rate. You were attracting businesses. Nashville was growing. Still is, but I mean, you know, the, the table was just set for massive growth for Tennessee. And then in come these career politician types who are trying to build their lives based upon taking power away from the people through overtaxation because the more wealth of, that they steal through legal edict, the more power they take away from us. The more we have to work to continue, you know, over time and this, that, and the other to put food on the table. And they know this. They understand this. The more they take from us, the more power they have over us. And we have to wrestle control from them and remind them, hey, this is the law here. It's called the Constitution. It's called the Bill of Rights, and particularly the Constitution because that was designed to control the government. That's the lasso. But what happened, one of the aspects of the civil rights or bastardized rights movement they ran around saying, I want my constitutional rights. And guess what? That's exactly what they got. The controls that were on government have been placed upon the people. And the government took control and all the freedoms. And the ignorant people were just you know, going along to get along, and here we are. So we've got to start reversing these, these, these attitudes at the local level. So that uh, in between, we can clean up the upper level. We can clean up uh, and the swamp. We have to cut that, that, that swamp pipeline off. And we start putting in constitutionalists in, into uh, the local positions. Then they would be the ones... In fact, most true constitutionalists would not want to be in government for a long time. They would legislate for the benefit of the private sector, as I said before, and then get out. We have to reestablish that kind of an attitude because power um, destroys the, 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 the character. Yeah. And uh, it just – and it doesn't matter how well-intentioned you are in, your, in the beginning. It Absolute power corrupts absolutely in, in due time, no matter who you are. And so we have to, 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 to reestablish that attitude um, originally um, put forth by the Founding Fathers. Yeah, I mean for the – well into the ages of the Civil War time period yes. in this country – uh, you would go uh, – your community would call upon you to serve. You would reluctantly go or you would refuse. Yeah, It wasn't a case of this is what I want to do because you had a life. You had a family to take care of. There wasn't enough money and power and influence available 
at the federal level to entice people to do it. And so part of the problem was uh, at that point in time they decided, hey, you know what? It's an important job. We should be getting paid more. And, oh, I noticed there's not any term limits. And all of a sudden, well, I'm an important guy, and I should continue to be important. And we did kind of lose track of exactly where we needed to go, and uh, I've wondered for some time, and I'm in favor of uh, putting term limits in uh, both the House and the Senate. Uh, I think that would be a good step that would help recreate that uh, a forced version of uh, you come in, you do your uh, business, uh, technically the people's business, and then you go back home. Uh, I would very much like to see some way that we could return to that. I would love to see the Senate returned back to the states as yes. well. Oh, uh, states' rights have been completely and totally ignored now at the federal level forever, uh, and that was one of the reasons why we had the split Congress in the first place. The idea was that the federal government was supposed to acquiesce to states' rights in a majority of situations, and without – senators there to remind everyone what their true role was and that the states have uh, a certain level of autonomy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is uh, it's a scary thought, but I wanted to touch a little bit more on this uh, a runoff election that's upcoming in Georgia with the, the lawsuits that are still ongoing. We've got a governor, and now we have a secretary of state for the state of Georgia that have basically said uh, the uh, presidential election was good. It's, it, we need to move ahead. We can certify it. We can move forward. Nothing to see here. But at the same time, they're turning around and saying, oh, by the way, though, we do have 250 separate uh, investigations ongoing to uh, illegal or uh, fraudulent voting practices. And they've opened investigations now into three different organizations that have been mentioned by name, one of which uh, was started by Miss Stacey Abrams, who, in, according to her, is still the governor of Georgia anyway. Not sure how that's working out. Uh, but what what is your feeling about this apparent dichotomy and – do you feel confident that an investigation into these uh, organizations claiming to be protecting voters' rights that are openly working to bring people from outside of the state, California in particular, uh, there long enough to come in, vote for this uh, Senate runoff election, and then send them back to, to where they came from? Clearly illegal in Georgia, but hard to prove until after the fact. Uh, what's your confidence level that uh, we can count on these uh, guys to handle this? When they seem to be completely ignoring the point that while they may not be able to prove a whole lot of fraudulent voting in one fashion, the fact that they have 250 cases of different things kind of proves that eh, maybe they were smart enough to know to break up how they cheated. You know, that was pretty uh, pretty intelligent on their part. Southerners are pretty uh, smart folks, whether it's uh, they're good or evil. Um, I'm only confident because – of um, Sidney Powell. Mm -hmm. She is like a bulldog that will not quit. And as long as she's breathing, there is a chance that this, this thing can be um, shaken out. And, um, you know, she's really on, on this case here. Um, but, you know, the judge declined to immediately grant a request for a simple temporary restraining order focusing uh, audits of uh, Georgia's uh, voting systems and I think their dominion 
systems. Um, and she said that they had tie, ties to communist money, uh, particularly Vin, uh, uh, Hugo Chavez. Yeah. Uh, the court did, however, grant her emergency motion to uh, expedite briefings on whether it will even hear the case at such an early stage. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. This is um, one of those things. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Now, I know that I think later this week, I wish I had this thing in front of me, the story you just brought up, but I think they have uh, had set up a a hearing in federal court uh, dealing with the election suit. Um, however, it got delayed or something like that. And that's how Joe Biden had opened the door for Biden to win the 16 election votes. Um, so I don't know, man. I think they need to, to forensically examine the machines. I mean, they've got to do this like ants. You know how ants, they just get all over something and they just – I mean, this has to be really, really, really uh, done at that level. If they go at this real hard and down to the nth degree, forensically, yes, things can be turned around and they can get to the bottom of it and stop the madness. But they cannot cannot allow these people, the cheaters, to just – Go over the votes again and cheat again. I mean, that's all that 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 uh, has been happening. Okay, yeah, we'll have a recount. So we're going to uh, go over these things and uh, basically, uh, yeah, same people. It's like saying same station, same time, um, same um, you know methodology. Yeah. But we've got to do a forensic examination. Same thing here in Michigan. I mean, the level of cheating here in Michigan. I think it makes Georgia look bad. I mean, a sm small potatoes in comparison. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of votes, of extra votes, between 3.30 and about 6.30 a.m. Excuse me. Uh, extra votes out of nowhere. Yeah. After they tell people, well, we're done, you're done anyway. By now, go home, go go wash up and clean up or whatever and do whatever you're going to do, but you're leaving, you're out, and then not allow poll watchers if you're if you're if you're Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, I I've been saying from the very beginning, Ron, it, it seems to me if you were so confident you were going to win, but you started feeling like things were going to get close, there is no reason not to be as transparent as uh, uh, Ali Obama used to claim to be. Uh, actually be that transparent. Convince everyone that you yeah. really won. Uh, otherwise, what do you expect? Uh, it was like the the New York Times columnist uh, who put out that ridiculous story about for the first time in history, a uh, elected president is going to have to face off uh, beginning with half of the country believing he's illegitimate. Uh, the first time in history well, – uh, did history start today, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, in their minds, 
their adult brains. Yeah, history starts whenever they decide to say it. It is now. Okay, we're going from here. This is it. Um, and then it's it's like a two-edged sword. Reminds me of thugs that I used to deal with, and you know, when we had to, to take out the trash. I'll just leave it to you. Leave it at at that point. Um, they know you know what they're doing is wrong. They want to be able to say yang 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 yang, but they're not really saying it. And how dare you say anything and want to see anything? Just like the thugs in the streets. And that's the way it is in Michigan. People are very corrupt here, um, and it's deep into, into the citizenry. Not just a select few a dem, a Democrat uh, operatives or anything. It is a reflection of. Um, I'm not going to say all. That'd be crazy but a huge percentage of the population. Everyone thinks they're a badass. And, um, you know, they kind of have the, uh, the attitude of the Michigan University of Michigan football team. They think that they're invincible, but, you know, they get spanked every quite frequently now if they're exposed. And Giuliani and company, they're here and watching this, this hearing. Michigan has to be exposed. These badasses have to be put down. Because if not, they will continue. The way they were bullying people, threatening people, um, uh, the hearings yesterday, people were scared out of their wits. You could tell in their testimonies. Some of them, you could tell their, their voices were cracking because their lives were threatened. And they don't play here. No. They're bullies. Uh, they're like, they're like um, cape hunting dogs in South Africa. You know, they'll it'll be they'll get about 40 of them to attack a, a a lion cub and they'll just keep going after you and keep going after you until they all chew you up or whatever. And that's the way it is here and I'm not exaggerating. It's th- that way politically and um otherwise as well. It's very 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 corrupt. Um and I think it's even more corrupt than other places that are famously corrupt like Chicago. I, I, I really believe that because uh, Chicago is still a great city, a world-class city, and was able to um, that. Whereas you know about Detroit and what it is, and they, they can't even uh, maintain a greatness anywhere because everyone is just walking around thinking that they're – everyone here walks around thinking they're a one-man badass army and they can do whatever the hell they want, and that's – particularly on the Democrat side. Now, the Republicans, they're Wimpus Americanus Apologeticus, and Tim, maybe you can answer this question for me. No one else has been able to answer. You have two sides, Republicans and Democrats. You have an election between the two sides. Why is it that one side is simply allowed by the others to dominate them and to bully them around. I have my own conclusion about it, but I, I would love your take on this. I just I, I, I because I don't I so detest Wimpus Americanus apologeticanism of the of the Republican Party and it's beyond my ability to fully comprehend. Um there it, is two sides. It's not like one side is allowed 
allows itself to be bullied by the other. And this is why – and yet the Republicans also hate Trump because he's decided to fight. Yeah. Well, Ron, the answer to your question, and I'm pretty sure this is probably pretty close to your uh, thoughts on it, is we don't have two sides. Not really. We have a few stray people that uh, have – Claimed allegiance to the Republican Party because they still buy into the idea that the platform is what the party represents. But at least half, and I'm being very generous in this case, of people that have an R stuck at mm-hmm. the end of their name, they are ever bit as uh, left leaning and, <clears throat> in quotation marks, progressive. <laughs> Because we know there's nothing progressive about these so-called progressives, but they're ever bit as big government and globalist as anybody on the other side of the aisle. So we have a few uh, legitimate American freedom fighters trying to preserve liberty and save the republic, but then we got a lot of folks that are just along for the ride, and they're loving their ride, uh, hanging out in the swamp, getting their little piece of the pie too. We don't have two sides. We have one major force. And some freedom fighters that are uh, doing their best to hang on. Uh, I, I had a feeling you'd say something like that because um, <laughs> I, I'm still – I don't know. I just um, – because see, when I I see that um, all these people that are coming forth who were bullied, I just don't understand why they didn't fight back that night. I, I, I We just allow ourselves to be pushed around. Those – um, I, I just, I don't know. What you're saying is true. You're, you're absolutely correct. The Bushes are, are evidence of that. Romney and, and many others and more being exposed. Um, and I think a lot of hearts are going to be broken in the coming weeks as more and more are exposed and, um, on both sides. And that's part of the house cleaning. In fact, I believe, Tim, that uh, in the long run, we're going to be happy that we went through this exercise. The reason being, let's say if Trump had won like he should have won. Well, he did. The proof is there electronically. But let's say if it were allowed to have, to, to have, to have happened the way it, uh, the votes were originally um, posted. Okay, we all would have been happy. Singing happy days are here again, la-di-da-di-da, right? Would have been nice and happy. However, the deep swamp, all the minions in so many levels of government would still be there, quietly operating, this, that, and the other. Now, I believe, as this thing goes to the Supreme Court, more and more and more and more evidence gets pulled out from not just the federal level of corruption, but many states and locales, it's not just Georgia, but you have cities singled out, Philadelphia, Detroit. You know, you're having all three levels being pointed out now. And swamp dwellers like up the Wang Wang, and many of their acts are illegal. You're going to see a lot of people fired, I believe. You're going to be some people, you know, being... Um, Donning orange, you know, fashion wear, silver bracelets, and the whole nine yards. I think there's going to be a lot of that because of the upheaval. What we're seeing is almost like a a birth process. 
and it's all going to come out. It's, you know, it's hard to go through, but sometimes it's better to go through something like this because that's the only, the only way you clean something, you don't clean the rug. Remember how they used to beat the rug? They would hang the rugs outside and you beat the rug. (laughs) Then after after she would beat the rug, it was, it would be clean. This is, we're going through a rug beating right now. I really do. I, 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 you know, maybe that's too simple of an example, but I think this is the, this is the kind of uh, situation we're, we're we're going through, and we're going to come out on the other side of this much better than we would have had Trump just won smoothly without these local upheavals, because everything would still be percolating, right? And blocking them up. I mean, look how we how we was blocked up in his first term. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, we would have all been uh, enjoying the uh, celebration, understanding that, hey, we'd made great strides, and then uh, we would have been back fighting with Trump against the usual people who are up front, you know, the Nancy Pelosi's and the uh, the AOC's and all those wonderful people. We'd be doing our usual stuff, keeping an mm-hmm. eye on them, Yep. and uh, we would still be feeling like we were winning, though. And then come next election cycle, uh, we would probably find some reasonable excuse to believe that the next man up would have been uh, a reasonable victim. Uh, Ron, you know we have blown right past uh, the midway point uh, of this uh, hour. Uh, so let's take a, a little smidge of a break because the entire month of December I try to work in some uh, a Christmas tunage as we go in, and, and I can't have an hour go by, Ron, without playing in Edward's notebook. Uh, oh, my it, mercy, it, no. mercy. It, it is absolutely <laughs> illegal here at uh, the Tap into the Truth uh, show. So uh, let's take a little bit of a break, and then when we come back, I do want to talk a little bit about Barack Obama's uh, statements about defunding the police and then the pushback that he got from the squad uh, when we come back, and uh, hopefully we'll have enough time to sneak all that in. But stay right where you're at. And uh, you guys, especially you Cajun and uh, you Chief and uh, uh, Maze who just showed up uh, uh, hanging out in the chat room with me, you guys stay right where you're at. We'll be back on the other side of this very brief break. Jedediah Morse was a pioneer American educator, clergyman, and father of Samuel Morse, the inventor of the Morse Code. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, Jedediah studied for the ministry at Yale and in 1789 accepted a call to the First Church of Charleston, Massachusetts. He was alarmed by how Father clergy had moved from doctrinal orthodoxy. In 1799, Jedediah Morse stated, Our dangers are of two kinds those which affect our religion, and those which affect our government. They are, however, so closely allied that they cannot, with propriety, be separated. 
To the kindly influence of Christianity, we owe the degree of civic freedoms and political and social happiness mankind now enjoys. In proportion as the genuine effects of Christianity are diminished in any nation, in the same proportion will the people of that nation recede from the blessings of genuine freedom. It follows that all efforts made to destroy the foundation of our holy religion ultimately tend to the subversion also of our political freedom and happiness. Wherever the pillars of Christianity shall be overthrown, our present republican form of government and all the blessings which flow from them must fall with them. May we the people remember that without God, the United States shall simply be gone under. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus? Most veterans think that the GI Bill can only be used for college, but that's not true. It can also be used for retraining programs. So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the VA.gov and look at the GI Bill benefits. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave that break right there where it is because we did run kind of late. And uh, we got a, a smidgen of a late start on tonight's broadcast, and nowhere near what Tuesday's night show was like. BTR has been on a roll, and I've been having a brief conversation uh, with one of the folks hanging out in the chat room, and uh, he'd been trying to get logged in, and he wasn't even seeing the show lit up on BTR. Now, I was here. I was broadcasting. I had all the connections. Everything was going. We had Ron going. And uh, then uh, he gets in finally about 33 minutes in. So BTR was not showing us for uh, half of our conversation, Ron. How crazy is that? Uh, but uh, before uh, we uh, step into this uh, next topic, which will probably be our last one for this hour, I do want to remind everybody, uh, please, please, uh, whatever radio station you're listening to this on, because we are rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country, radio stations like KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, WCET-FM in Columbia, South Carolina, KDIL, 105.7 FM in Kennewick, Washington, and KOII 94.5 FM in Flagstaff, Arizona. Please show your support for these radio stations. They're all independent stations out there. They are all struggling to try and bring you quality programming. So go to the website, sign up, support them any way you can, even if it's only letting them know that you're enjoying listening to the show, because that means a lot, too. And let them know what kind of programming you like. Uh, radio stations are getting right up to that point of time where some of these folks are going to be changing their formats. Some of these stations may no longer be news stock stations uh, at the start of the year. So it's a little late in some of these cases for you to tell them that, but still let them know that you appreciated and loved the programming they got. Ron, before we get into the next topic as well, I want you to let everybody know where they can find your work, and then we'll slide on into that topic we talked about. Well, you can catch the Ron Edwards American Experience on this station as well as an America Matters Media and on America Out Loud, um, several radio stations around the country as well. Um, for example, uh, 1600 WAAM in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, and several others. You can check it out on the website 
theronedwards.com, theronedwards.com. And you can also read my columns weekly at America Out Loud as well and on News with Views. And uh, we've got some uh, other exciting news coming up in the not-too-distant future. All right. Now you got my curiosity peaked, and I can't wait to find out. But I guess I will have to at least wait till we're off air, and maybe you can speculate a little then. Uh, Ron, uh, I did tease it. Obviously, you heard uh, Barack Obama trying to placate the straight crowd, the, the Democratic voter who doesn't realize just how uber leftist their party has gotten, trying to warn them that you know uh, Democratic office holders that uh, engage in these mottos of defund the police. That's not really what they mean, so they shouldn't say it like that. They're scaring away voters. And then I don't know if you had a chance to get the second part of this, but uh, as some members of the squad snapped back. In fact, Ilhan Omar was uh, very, very blatant and attacked the former president uh, in saying that it's not a motto. It's a mandate. Real window into the minds of these people. One's a manipulator, and the other is just not smart enough to know they're still not ready here in America to just blindly go into socialism. Yeah, that's what they want, socialism and Islamism and, and the whole nine yards. Well, what Ali Obama meant, he wasn't saying that um, he was against uh, defunding the police. He was just uh, against the phraseology. In other words, he wanted to uh, – Put in a way to be put in a way that would fool the people, and I think this little tiff and pushback from the uh, squad is a bunch of just phony baloney uh, to make it seem like there's a difference and and that and the other. Because uh, philosophically, Ali Obama and the squad are on the same page from top to bottom, and um, that's all that's about. Yeah. And so uh, we, they, you know, they can't fool us. <laughs> well, you know, I I, uh, I tend to think that you're right, but I have seen enough from at least the three main members of the squad mm-hmm. to believe that it is entirely possible that maybe they don't quite get that Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama is trying to manipulate the voters. I don't know why they wouldn't understand it. They they surely must be part of the meeting somewhere, but they are part of the Justice Democrat crowd as well. They are trying to take over uh, the Democratic Party to the point of moving away from the crony, uh, capitalistic side of we're just in this for power and money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's entirely possible there could be a schism. There's There's just enough difference there in how devoted – they are to the concept of socialism that you would almost wonder maybe they're just not bright enough to understand Barack is working for the same things was from the beginning but he's subtle he is that sweet talking uh, uh, freaking uh, oh now I can't think of the name of the uh, freaking equipment uh, where they read their stuff teleprompter that's the word I'm looking for Ron uh, sorry about that uh, that sweet-talking, <laughs> teleprompter-reading, smooth operator who never went on vacation with the so-called family when he was in office, never did any actual uh, presidential work, was just always campaigning, vacationing, or playing golf. They don't understand that he's working for the same goal. Yeah, well, you may be right. Um, oh, okay, maybe you're – let's say you are right. 
They, you know, I think you are right, by Jove, because Talib, the Michigander, I, she has a big influence in that group, and she has no decorum, and she is that in-your-face, blah, 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 blah. Not only does she want you to know she's there to screw you over, but at the same time, she how dare you say anything about it? Because then they'll turn around and say that you're the one that's abusive, you're the one that's racist, if you don't want them to totally take away every right you have and kill your ability to even take care of your family. If you're against everything they want to do, which would destroy this country, of course, they're going to bump their gums and holler racism and how dare Ali Obama try to fake their way, his way through. So you're right. You're, you're probably, they have no decorum, and they think that they've gotten so much, they've made so much progress on the left, that they no longer have to even try to be smooth like a, a Ali Obama. And so maybe, you know, you're, you're right. Or maybe we both are. There's just two approaches, and uh, they don't like his smooth approach. And uh, actually, his approach is, is the most dangerous because a lot of people, black and white, fell for, for, for his smooth uh, talk. I have Republican white friends tell me, Oh no, he's great. He's he, he's he's gonna really un- he's a uniter, Ron. You should give him a chance. He's black. You should be proud. And um, man, I can't repeat some of the things I said. <laughs> but um, I guess I could repeat one thing. I guess I started off with surely you jest, and it went down from there. But um, unbelievable, man. So. His is the most dangerous, at least with Talib and that little smart backside. Uh, what's her name? Elon Omar. Yeah, Ilhan. Yeah, she's a smart backside. Um, you know, Jack. Back. She's a Jack backside, smartass, and um, in your face. And she said, and she does it with a with a smirk. I mean, she makes mother. She would make Mother Teresa want to commit terrorist a terrorist act <laughs> against well, her. I mean, it's just so. I think you're onto something, yeah. but because they're they're not in Talib's case. Man, I don't know how to put this. Uh, a couple of years ago, no, 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 this year, I'm sorry, this year, Tlaib would go to black churches in Detroit, part of her district, right? right. Go to these black churches, churches, meaning Christian houses of worship, run around acting like she's praising Jesus in the manner that the emotional, you know, when you're in, in an un, uh, in an a church that's not that intelligent, everyone just shouts and goes to Nutsville, runs into the wall, bam, tries to play demolition with the wall and chairs and things like that, and it's all emotionalism. Don't learn anything. Don't know nothing that got that mixed up, but boy, hey, we had a good time at church. Preacher had a good word, didn't he? Oh, yeah. What did he talk about? I don't know, but the show was good. So she goes to a bunch of churches like that, right? Jumps around, does her bunny hops. And they think, oh, see, it ain't it ain't too bad. 
getting they see them Muslims is nice. They believe in Jesus too, ain't that right? <laughs> Those idiots, they get the, so they get their idiots to vote for her. I mean, this is what this is what is happening. You think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. I'm not at one bit. And when I and 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 I'm thinking, how can you? Well, maybe you should answer this one, Mister Answer Man. <laughs> how can you, if you are a true Christian, when a Muslim <laughs> when a Muslim comes into your house of worship, how can you be so enamored that you drop your guard because? In this case, there wasn't any intelligence to drop. But how can you go arm in arm with a Muslim who's out to destroy you, who comes from a religion of racism, or it's not even a real religion, but a political fake religion movement that's, that is based upon destroying you, and then turn around with her as a Christian and hate Donald Trump in America? Then you want those Americans to come in and give their American dollars to keep your church open. <laughs> well, Ron, uh, and this is that, dozens and dozens of churches yeah. in one city. That again is uh, not that dissimilar to the earlier answer. I'm afraid you got a lot of folks that are more concerned about. Uh, <laughs> Virtue signaling than uh, preaching the gospel, and you certainly have a lot of folks in this country. So it may not even necessarily be completely their fault. They just may not even know how to go about doing the research because they've been so underserved by government schools. Uh, but they're just so ignorant of history, they have no idea. And you know, as far as Talib is concerned, I'm pretty sure her. Uh, Jordanian exile descent that she claims to be Palestinian um, (laughs) is uh, probably among the group that uh, believes – because I know you've heard some of the folks make this claim that Jesus actually was a Palestinian, uh, which we all know is not correct. But hey, we're talking about a group of people that believe God is completely and totally dispassionate towards humanity, and the only way to guarantee your entrance into heaven is to die in the act of committing violence upon innocent people. So I think there's just a lot of ignorance at play here. Ignorance or stupidity? Well, uh, perhaps stupidity born out of ignorance, but perhaps if they weren't as ignorant, uh, had a little uh, education on the topics, maybe they wouldn't continue to be as stupid, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not optimistic on that count, but I'll try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. You're a nice guy. <laughs> Sometimes. It's it's Christmas time, Ron. It's Christmas time. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's detrimental to the country, and I guess that's why I have such a uh, – as someone told me, a bad attitude toward them. Yeah. <sighs> well, it's not as if they haven't earned it. I will say that much. Uh, it, it's extremely frustrating dealing with people who are willfully ignorant, and that is the kind of people we're dealing with here. And I'm personally, Ron, I know that uh, we're in agreement on this uh, stand too. Absolutely cannot stand people who uh, are all about the virtue signal 
because uh, as I've said a million times at this point, and I'll probably say it a few million more before I run out of breath, and that is uh, <laughs> more often than not, you can count on the people that uh, are so determined to virtue signal, it's because they have no true virtue to stand on. Uh, mm. Our hour is almost up, Ron, so I'm going to give you just a, a minute here for any closing thoughts, and uh, then I will thank you very much for being with me once again, sir. I appreciate you uh, having me on again. Um, every time I hang up, I, 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 I'm surprised again that you, you have me back again. But I truly appreciate it, and I thank you. And it's an honor because you, you have a great show, uh, even when I'm not on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, really, it, it's, it's a blast. And uh, I, I, I am very optimistic despite um, – my ire over certain things that um, I talk about, such as the uh, Islamic uh, relationship with the black church in Detroit and things of that nature. But I am optimistic overall about the country, and I think that we are going to recover from the situation. And I'm also going to throw in there that uh, when Trump is um, re-installed, uh, well, he just continues into a second term, and other things have turned around, uh, I believe that abortion will be one of the things that is going to fall in this coming year, uh, no later than 22. So I feel very optimistic because we are in such a horrific, huge fight, and um, I believe we're going to fin- we're going to win, and a lot of good things are going to come out of out of it, and so. Um, Look for better days, my friend. All right. I, I actually like it when we get to end on a positive note, sir. Uh, again, thank you so much. And as always, I anxiously await our next chance to get together. Uh, here's hoping that we both enjoy a great Christmas season. And uh, we'll talk again real soon. Oh, absolutely. Take care and Godspeed to you and your audience. All right. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, of course, a great American patriot, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook and the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, Mr. Ron Edwards. In the meanwhile, uh, as most of you regulars know by now, the show is rebroadcast on other great stations across the country, and uh, as such, they normally play it in one-hour blocks. So it's time for me to you know, reset the hour. So for everybody that's here at BTR listening live, stay right where you're at. Hour number two will start just in a moment. For the rest of you, if I'm saying goodbye to you for the hour right now, please remember, whatever else you do, whatever you've heard me say, don't take my word for not one little bit of it. You do your own research, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart out there, even if it goes against your nature. I'll be right back. Hope to see you again soon on the radio. And like I said, if you're here at BTR, stay where you're at. We'll start again in just a moment. Because of foreign wars we wage More to do with the color blue and red Then you lost too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people 
Broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And glad to have all of you fine, fine folks out there listening. But I happen to know that despite the number of people that are listening live, and there are a few beyond just the BTR folks, uh, because of some strange way the connection between uh, uh, this and one of the uh, outlet apps works. There are some folks that I don't get to see until after the show's finished how many live viewers were there, but – I'm still working on trying to make these connections work. But at any rate, thank you so much for the folks who are here live. As the folks at BTR are the only ones that I see for sure. And even then, I'm having to take BTR's word for it. Uh, it's been kind of nuts. But anyway, I say all that to get to the point that I do know that the overwhelming majority of people that listen to this broadcast do so after the fact. A lot of folks are listening in to the podcast form, and thank you each and every one, regardless of where you're listening from and which application you're using. In fact, I'm still in awe of how many people are listening in India. Uh, so thank you all. Uh, I hope that uh, you're enjoying it. I mean, I would assume so, given the numbers I'm seeing. Uh, there were a few weeks last month and a few weeks the month before that where there were literally more people in India listening than in the United States. So, hey, I'm, I'm an international hit, I guess. I, I don't But thank you, just to say. Uh, the point of all of this rambling I'm doing is to remind you that for the benefit 
of those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast of the show on radio stations across the country like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, and WCET-FM in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, be sure to check out WCETFM.com so you can listen worldwide and Check out the app. Uh, you've also got KDIL 105.7 FM in Kennebec, Washington, as well as KOII 94.5 FM in Flagstaff, Arizona. If you're listening in any one of those locations, it might be helpful for you to know that the time of the live broadcast was December the 2nd, 2020, and it's a few brief moments after 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, had just a really weird week so far. I had kind of a rough uh, last couple of weeks that kept me off the air for multiple reasons, nothing specific. It just kept coming one thing after another. It was very odd, but uh, I, I feel like we're getting back on track now, and hopefully that will be the case. But I do want to give special shout-outs to Cajun, who's hanging out with me in the uh, BTR chat room. And uh, Chief, who's hanging out with me in the BTR chat room. Chief, of course, is the host of a great show in his own right called Simple Facts of Life. Uh, I would highly recommend it, and if you're a regular and you haven't already checked them out, I'm going to have to uh, ask you why you haven't. Uh, go to blogtalkradio.com. When you land on that homepage, you'll see a little search bar near the top. Uh, you can put in QMCUSN. That'll take you straight away to them if you are so inclined. However, if you're listening on one of those great radio stations and you happen to be driving around or you're just somewhere where you can't – uh, check it out. Maybe don't have the time. And then you're thinking about later, and you're wondering what was that he said. I, I can remember the blog talk radio because you know after you hear Tim say that about 47 bajillion times, it gets easy enough to remember. But sometimes that QMC USN, uh, unless you were in the Navy, maybe you have a hard time remembering uh, that series. Uh, and I wouldn't blame you. Now, if you were in the Navy and you have a hard time with it. Mm, there's something wrong, but uh, at any rate, if you are struggling, you might want to try just putting in simple facts of life. Now, if you do that, you're going to find yourself uh, having to scroll down just a little bit, but you will find the show. Uh, you'll find a recent show first, most likely, but if you scroll down, you can find uh, the live show if you're inclined to join him live, uh, which, of course, you can do on Tuesdays. Starting at 6 p.m. Eastern, you, of course, can adjust to your time zone accordingly. Now, what I really like about Chief's show more than anything else is the fact that he has a great way of taking various topics, sometimes news items of the day, something that uh, has happened in the last uh, little bit, and uh, sometimes just general thoughts that something that has just happened reminded him of something in the past. But he always manages to tie it back around together with a set of rules, again, those very simple facts of life, and he does it masterfully. Sometimes you can see where he's going, but he still does it well enough that you want to hang out for the ride. And sometimes it's like you think you know where he's going with it, and then bam, out of nowhere, he hits you with something you weren't expecting. Either way, it's always a great uh, program. Also, would like to go ahead and give a shout out, as I often do in the second hour of the live broadcast, to a few folks that aren't here but are certainly worthy of your time. If if you're checking me out, if you're listening on a regular basis, then you definitely need to go check out folks like uh, Ann Ubellis over at Southern Sense Talk Radio. Uh, you can go to Southern 
hyphensense.com. You can find out everything you need to know about what Annie's doing with the show as well as what she's doing uh, in her political activism and everything else she's up to. And uh, you can choose from there your preferred method of listening to the show. Uh, once a week, three hours a week, and it is a great program. It really is. Uh, I love Annie to death, and uh, I, I love the fact that she has uh, always made time uh, for people, and uh, she does a fantastic job of the show. It always has just the, the best guests all the time, all the time. Uh, let me uh, give a shout-out to Don Smith. He's, of course, the host of The Don Smith Show. Best way to find him is a lot like Chief. Uh, you go to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you go to blogtalkradio.com, and uh, once you're there, you go to that same search bar and just put in The Don Smith Show, where it's okay. To be a conservative. He does a great job as well. Very polished, very professional. Uh, he, he uh, much like Annie, uh, among the top tier of radio hosts, uh, period. Uh, they really are. Uh, don't forget uh, Rod Eccles. I certainly can't forget about uh, my friend who was with me back in the first hour of tonight's live broadcast, Mr. Ron Edwards. Go to theronedwards.com is uh, where I would tell you to go, and you can find out everything there. Uh, Rod Eccles, you'll need to go to roddeccles.net. I don't think he's changed anything. They were uh, moving some stuff around, but I think that website is still the best one to get to. I haven't talked to Rod in a few months now. I need to get back in touch with him. It's about time to have him back on the show, actually, if uh, I can convince him to do so. Uh, he's a bit busier now than he was the last couple of times he was on, so uh, might be uh, some work getting there. Uh, of course, you can't forget about the Global Patriot uh, Network. You can find them at uh, Blog Talk Radio. The English Defense League, another great program you can find at, uh, at Blog Talk Radio as well. Uh, can't forget about Suzette Live. Uh, you'll find her at the Ideas or Bulletproof Network over at Spreaker.com. Uh, hopefully she and Bringing It Boy will be back with us here in the chat room before much longer. Uh, not surprising, uh, having spent the time away as I have, it probably has not yet occurred that they're there. In fact, they're kind of missing Bigfoot hanging out with us as well. I would imagine that's also a result of the inconsistency of the last few weeks. Uh, you know, folks are going to they're going to go look for something else to fill their time, so I don't blame them, but I do miss them and hope they can get back in with us. In the meanwhile, that's enough yammering, guys. We're, we're here to talk about other stuff, important stuff. And in the process of talking about important stuff, one of the most important things to talk about is how Congress – would rather not talk about important stuff. I mean, they literally have one of the most important jobs on the planet. They really do. But they have a bad habit of being very unserious about that job. And Nancy Pelosi has really set her priorities right out in the open. Uh, we're back in session, and well, let me just give you a little bit of this article, which of course uh, is from the Daily Wire. Uh, Joseph Curl, uh, the author of it, now read some from the article, and of course I will use my trademark commentary to go along with uh, to make to the point, and then we'll just kind of run from there. So uh, <clears throat> a recent study found 800 small businesses a day are closing across the country. Uh, this is something from Senator Amy Klobuchar. She wrote this past Saturday on Twitter. So Klobuchar, 
she's part of Team Biden, right? I mean, kind of, sort of. She's still angling to get a cabinet-level position. Um, you know, she wants to be part of that, but she's also uh, – Klobuchar is the kind of person that doesn't like playing second fiddle to anyone either. So I'm sure uh, there's some animosity, but again, Klobuchar's a recent study, 800 small businesses a day. Okay, so while some questioned the declaration, Klobuchar was actually citing a study by Yelp. Uh, said, quote, as of August 31st, 163,735 total U.S. businesses on Yelp have closed since the beginning of the pandemic, observed as March 1st. Now, that's a 23% increase since July 10th. Yelp estimated that 60% of those closed businesses are not reopening, saying that 97.966 are permanently closed. 97%. 97,966 of those businesses, of the 163,735, I know, uh, just Spouting off numbers is not great radio. But again, 164,000 rounding up, 98,000 rounding up again are closed permanently. Now, this is a pretty significant amount, uh, 60% roughly uh, to be precise. We kind of mentioned that already. That means that more like 500 businesses shutter each day though. 500 businesses. Now, again, if you're one of those 500 businesses, it doesn't care if Amy Klobuchar is telling people it's 800. She's citing a study, and she's boosting those numbers to be a little more scary. And sadly, she's about to try and convince – she's about to bamboozle would-be Democrat voters that they've got an answer for that. All you have to do is trust Biden and trust the Democrats when a very, very short trip – very short trip back in time, roughly five years ago. And, and you've got a gap too. You can go five – you can go uh, a little bit further back if you want. Basically, any point during the Obama presidency, starting just after those, that first two-year period, you go to that time zone, and you can see why you should not trust Amy Klobuchar, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, or any other member of the transition team, any person that has a D at the end of their name, you cannot trust them with the economy. Barack Obama was convinced that Donald Trump could not do the things he did, and all Donald Trump did was a very simple, basic idea. He got government out of the way and let businesses be business, and then he used the power of government… Probably a little more than he should have, but he used the power of government to try to will, – we'll very kindly, very diplomatically refer to it as um, encourage. He used the power of government to encourage businesses to come back to the states. 
He used tariffs and taxes, and he did what he could to try to to put America's interest first. Now, a lot of economists, especially global economists, didn't like that idea much. But the results are undeniable. Now, make no mistake about it. You're hearing a very different story from the legacy media. You're not going to hear that it was a unqualified success. In fact, if you hear them say anything about unqualified, all they're going to be doing is talking about the orange man who's bad. The orange man who's bad is not qualified to be in uh, polite society. Well, perhaps not, actually, because if you rile him up, he tends not to be very polite. The orange man who is bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist was a no-holds-barred, take-no-prisoners, you-fired kind of CEO. And it seems to have worked wonders for the economy. In a very short amount of time, he did things that Barack Obama said was impossible. said, what's he going to do? Use a magic wand? Well, poof, there's a magic wand. Turns out that if you stop trying to use business uh, as a plaything of the government, then business is allowed to go do, I don't know, business. And then the economy has room to grow. When you stop over-regulating and when you stop overburdening, especially small business, amazing things happen in this country. Anyway, back to the article. Those numbers that she was using, they were old, missing the last three months, in fact. So when many state governors renewed shutdowns to you know, stem the rising COVID-19 numbers, well, then other data from the University of California, Santa Cruz, showed that the number of closures could be even higher. With more than 316,000 businesses closed between February and September, which puts the number of daily closures at 1,500 a day. Meanwhile, over at the New York Post, they recently reported that Harvard-run database tracktherecovery.org showed 27.8% of small businesses in New York haven't reopened their doors since January. In New Jersey, 31.2% remained closed in the same time frame. The national average, according to that database, again, tracktherecovery.org, in case you want to go see for yourself, according to that database, the national average is 29.8%. That's significant for an economy that was having a record-setting third-quarter recovery level. That's significant considering that nearly half of the country was still locked down. The reaction to COVID-19 caused an economic downturn of historic proportions, but cause of the faith and trust in Donald Trump and the decision to open back up and to move forward in the states that were brave and bold enough to do that knowing that they were going to become pariahs in the face of the 
legacy media, knowing that they were going to be lambasted by every Democrat who could get in front of a television camera or in front of a microphone, knowing that they were going to be set up to be the bad guy. It was a huge risk, and it was a gamble because, again, part of what's made COVID-19 so scary for so many people is the fact that we still don't know a whole heck of a lot about it. We still don't have enough data points. But the more information that is slowly released, the more details that are slowly entered into the public consciousness, the more data points we have, the more we come to understand that first and foremost, according to the CDC, we talked about this yesterday, the COVID-19 virus was roaming around inside the United States before January of 2020, which according to most websites is still considered to be the beginning of the first diagnosed case. It was in the month of January, and then we're supposed to believe that it just spread everywhere like crazy uh, from that point. Well, the CDC itself now says no, uh, mid-December looks like the earliest cases were getting based on blood donation antibody returns. I've said myself for some time now, I think that it was rather uh, sizable amounts of the COVID before that. Again, I don't know about your neck of the woods, wherever you guys are listening from, but I will say it again in case you missed yesterday's show. And that is the simple fact that here in East Tennessee, from August through December… There was a huge number of flu-like illnesses, and I use the term flu-like because with so many cases happening, a lot of medical professionals were trying to type the flu. So they would run the tests, and it came back, and it wasn't matching anything in the database. So we were dealing with something then. And the doctors were scratching their heads. They didn't know. And there's no reason for them to have known because the Chinese government were still very, very heavily involved in covering up their shame of creating. And yes, I am going to say, and I know it's going to get me uh, banned on YouTube. Uh, speaking of banned on YouTube, yesterday's show wasn't banned. But there was a copyright claim, and it, they're doing some weird stuff over there, by the way. I got an email that said there was a copyright claim being made on yesterday's show uh, saying that I had used a song that I didn't use in the show. So in some countries, uh, my the, the video version of the show was not allowed. Now, uh, again, for the longest time… Uh, Spreaker had not been moving my show over to uh, YouTube, and now all of a sudden it must be doing that again. Uh, I do so little on YouTube of my own stuff. I, I spend time there listening to other people, uh, but I haven't uploaded a video, and I couldn't tell you how long. Uh, so I really wasn't aware they were even doing this, but I, I just thought it was weird. So it's just a strange side note. Sorry. Now… <clears throat> Knowing that there was no reason for medical professionals in this neck of the woods to be looking for some novel coronavirus from the Wuhan province in China, why would they? Right? So, okay, we got flu. 
but no, it's not the flu. Or at least it's not any strain of flu that we've identified previously. But people seem to be doing okay with it with some some rare exceptions. So we just moved on. Nobody thought much about it. In fact, there's still a lot of people who do not have the gumption or the nerve to step up and say publicly, hey, what makes you think that wasn't? Why Why aren't more people saying this? Everybody that I mentioned this to that's actually a local, they will acknowledge. They will remember, yeah, there was a lot of people getting sick, and yeah, there was a lot of people using the phrase flu-like. In fact, a lot of the media said flu-like, but oh, you can't make the, the assertion. You can't make the jump that maybe that was actually COVID because then suddenly it's like, nah, 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 nah. We're, we're still in the business of uh, counting everybody who dies uh, who might have possibly been exposed to it at some point in their life as it being a COVID death, even if it was a freaking car crash. Anyway, back to the article. Quoting here… From Andrew Ridgey, happens to be the executive director of the New York City Hospitality Alliances. You know, they represent bars, restaurants, clubs. Uh, they were talking to the New York Post. I'd quote, it's devastating how many restaurants have shuttered and jobs have been lost. You would think that would be self-evident. But – then again, I told you this was a story about Nancy Pelosi and Congress, right? Well, that's where we're at. You've got Amy Klobuchar out there calling out the need for the next COVID relief package. That's really what that was a maneuver for when Klobuchar did that. But what is Congress focusing on? What does Nancy Pelosi have the House of Representatives focusing on? Well, it's not help for businesses or Americans struggling under COVID-19 lockdowns. No, 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 no. The lawmakers of the House of Representatives under Nancy Mimi Pelosi's thumb, they're busy debating who can own lions and tigers and whether or not to legalize marijuana nationwide. Those are the two primary things that she's moving for. The main bill on the House floor this week is a measure to decriminalize marijuana and provide a process for expunging marijuana-related convictions. This according to Roll Call. They reported this Tuesday. That was yesterday at the time of the live broadcast. The chamber will also be taking up several bills under suspension of the rules, including a bill to ban breeding, and private ownership of big cats that was featured in the infamous Netflix show Tiger King. The House is set to vote as soon as Thursday. The time of this live broadcast, that's tomorrow. By the time many of you people uh, that are listening to the rebroadcast on radio stations, it will have already happened. Now, they may not vote on Thursday, but right now they're set to vote as soon, meaning it could possibly happen on Thursday of the week, the first week of December, on what Big Cat Rescue Corp, a Florida-based sanctuary run by Tiger King star Carol Baskin and her husband Howard, what they call the most important Big Cat bill ever. 
is this the time to focus on Carol Baskin? Who, by the way, I totally think killed her first husband and fed him to the tigers. <laughs> if you haven't watched Tiger King, uh, there's only like four of you left out there. And uh, yeah, you've certainly missed some wild shenanigans. Uh, if you have, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, and I'm sure you wouldn't disagree. Okay, so the summary of the legislation, H.R. 1380 – says, and I quote, this bill revises requirements governing the trade of big cats, i.e. species of lion, tiger, leopard, cheetah, jaguar, or cougar, or any hybrid of such species. Hey, where's, where's the bobcats and the lynx at? Are they not big enough big cats? Anyway, specifically, it revises restrictions on the possession and exhibition of big cats, including to restrict direct contact between the public and big cats. Now, the vote to decriminalize marijuana is expected to come on Friday of this week. The vote was set to occur before Election Day but was postponed because… <clears throat> Some moderate Democrats, particularly ones concerned about winning re-election in November, had rejected the idea of voting on marijuana measures before additional coronavirus relief. This also according to Roll Call. Okay, so again, I want to make it clear those Democrats, even though they're moderates, are not against voting on legalizing marijuana or at least decriminalizing marijuana which is actually not 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 the same thing decriminalizing simply means that uh, you're going to leave the law like it is you're just going to completely uh, eviscerate any opportunity the government has of enforcing that law so it's still technically a crime it's just not a crime we're going to enforce that's what decriminalizing means now, if they were going to legalize, that's a whole different ballgame. And, and at this point, I, I don't know where most of you guys feel, but uh, as far as marijuana is concerned, if you're going to look at all the things that have been made illegal, it's it's far from uh, the most dangerous thing out there. And I get the whole gateway uh, drug idea, but uh, marijuana, if that's the only thing you're looking at, and seeing how they've treated tobacco forever and knowing that there's really not a huge difference between the two, uh, not really, uh, that's not a hill I'm going to die on. Uh, I, I don't like the idea of legalizing it. I do think it still hurts people, but I don't think it's any more dangerous than alcohol. I don't think it's any more addictive for most people. Than alcohol. In fact, it may be le far less addictive than alcohol seems to be. So if we're not going to uh, go out there and take tequila and bourbon off of the shelves at the uh, local package store, uh, I, I don't see why we can't take the criminal aspect out of the marijuana side of things. And at this point, the federal government doesn't seem very interested in enforcing it as a federal law at the moment anyway. Which is what's opened the door for so many states to legalize it within their confines. So it seems to me like whatever you're going to do with it, do with it. I, I'm 
the whole point here is there are still more important things on the table. There are more important things that the House of Representatives need to be doing. Quoting again, while some moderates may still hold that concern, Democratic leaders' decision to bring the bill to the floor signals they are confident it will pass. A few Republicans have said they plan to support it, which provides room for some Democratic defections. Support for the measure appears to be boosted by November ballot measures that legalized all marijuana in Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota, and medical marijuana in Mississippi. This is still according to the website Roll Call. Lawmakers passed the CARE Act in March. As I'm sure many of you remember, maybe not the date, but uh, the name, CARE, because Nancy Pelosi and and, uh, all the others care so much for us. They passed the CARE Act, which happened to be a $2.2 trillion package that eventually delivered $1,200 apiece to millions of Americans. The bill offered aid to businesses via the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, Most of you still probably just refer to it as PPP. In April, Congress passed another bill to provide another $500 billion in aid. But since that point in time, nothing. In July, lawmakers began debating the Health Economic Assistance, Liability Protection, and Schools Act, uh, called HEALS for short. Democrats wanted another $2 trillion. Republicans wanted just $1 trillion, and talks repeatedly broke down, and Congress took no action. And it was all because Nancy Pelosi wanted to get more stuff for her leftist agenda and thought she could blame it on Donald Trump, and they really thought that this was going to be a huge impact on the election. In a lot of ways, it kind of looks like it was. Now, a bipartisan group of lawmakers this past Tuesday unveiled a $908 billion corona relief proposal. But there are no $1,200 checks for Americans like there was in the CARES Act. The bill would deliver another $160 billion to states and cities and $180 billion for unemployment insurance, two issues Democrats have pushed hard. The unemployment benefits would pay $300 per week for 18 weeks retroactive to December 1st, which is half of what's included in the CARES Act. It, of course, did not take very long for Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to reject the proposal. We just don't have time to waste, McConnell said. But they'll make time for big cats. And weed. It sounds about right, unfortunately. It's not the first time Congress has, with important things going on, decided to talk about things that really don't matter an extremely large amount to the American people. At the end of the day, is the restrictions and handling of big cats? A big problem? Well, in some places it is. 
but it's generally limited to certain communities, and uh, it would not be that difficult to take and make the kind of changes that need to be done. That's a bill that should not require more than a few minutes of debate, unless, of course, like Nancy Pelosi is doing with her other stuff, it's really just a shenanigan cover to try and uh, sneak some extra dollars into the pockets of people who've supported her. Hey, I see Annie has joined us. Hey, Annie, glad to see you. Uh, Annie Ubellis, of course, is the host of Southern Sense Talk Radio. And at the top of this hour, uh, before Annie had uh, joined us, told you exactly how to uh, find her. But I'll remind you again, uh, go to southern-sense, that's southern-sense.com. And from there, you can choose your preferred method of listening to the show. Uh, And it is a great show, Southern Sense Talk Radio, her and her co-host, Curtis, uh, fantastic folks, and always the best guests. Three hours of fabulousness. Best talk show out there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> glad to see uh, Annie in here with us. Uh, <laughs> a chief in the chat room saying uh, some people are contending that cheetahs have been misclassified and are actually canines. Maybe Nancy should schedule hearings to make a congressional determination. Well, yeah, anything to slow down the movement, right? Anything to slow down the movement. Uh, Cajun said that also, since Nancy is at it, uh, make sure to that two-toed frogs are not actually uh, four-legged frogs. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. At any rate, uh, yeah. And it responded to Chief's comment saying, LOL, Chief, cheetah roar or bark? Congressional hearings to follow, subpoenas to follow, General Flynn involved. <laughs> that is the kind of craziness that happens. Now, as I have been doing all day today, I've just blown right by the break. So uh, if you'll indulge me, I would still like to have a little sounds of the season. And uh, we'll do an Edwards Notebook while we're at it, and, you know, all that usual stuff. But glad to have you here, Annie. Thank you for being here. I didn't quite spot you in the chat room while I was uh, working that story. In the meanwhile, you guys stay right where you're at, and I'll be back on the other side of this very brief break. maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas candy cane. Hello, I'm 
Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. The candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stated with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time, but the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Please check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello and welcome to your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. So, are you getting too much or too little sleep to rest your brain? According to the National Sleep Foundation, too much sleep can be just as bad as too little sleep for you. Scientists think that about seven hours sleep is the optimum for refreshing the body. Here are some tips. Go to bed at the same time every day. Keep your bedroom cool and turn off the television. This has been your Veterans Tip of the Day. I'm Dan Perkins. All right, ladies and gentlemen, since I had blown past the halfway break again this second hour, uh, cutting that a little short, uh, but hey, what are you going to do? Anyway, there's still been so many things going on, and the news cycle doesn't slow down, but every now and then we have to slow down and take a moment to just look at how far the hypocrisy is actually gone. And when I came across this headline, I couldn't help but move this to the uh, the final anchor spot for tonight. You see, the news outlet Politico, I'm being generous in calling them that, uh, they've decided that the Republican National Committee and its chairwoman, uh, Ronna McDaniel, well, they're just too dishonest and untrustworthy to be asked for comment on news stories, even, even if they're central characters to those stories. Meaning, in the past... It would be considered good journalism you know, to call up the individual who's at the heart of the story and at least get their comment. Give them a chance to deny. Give them a chance to tell their side of the story. You know, Back in the day when journalism meant you just reported what's being said and what's going on and leave the listener or reader to decide for themselves what they felt about it, what they thought about it, well, you know, we've known journalism's moved away from that for some time now. But – this notion that an entire group of people, by virtue of simply being associated with the Republican National Committee, by definition now means that they're so dishonest that they can't even be asked for comment? I mean, seriously, I, nothing has infuriated me more than uh, for out, out of reflex. You know, I, I 
got Newsmax on a lot. I occasionally am watching Blaze TV, depending on what show's on. Because I, I really do like the news and why it matters uh, as far as over on Blaze TV. Um, I sometimes reflexively still go check out Fox. You know, because it, it, I'm so accustomed to making them part of the regular thing, and, and I'm quickly reminded now why so many people moved away from it, and why Newsmax and why uh, One American News is just doing so much better than they've ever done before, and will probably continue to do better. Nothing has made me angrier than to stop by Fox and hear somebody say, and again, uh, Donald Trump continued to lie about the election results. That's not journalism. I mean, seriously, a journalist is going to say something more along the lines of Donald Trump continues to make allegations of voter fraud. See what I did there? That's journalism. I told you what Donald Trump's doing without trying to convince you that Donald Trump's lying, without letting you know that my judgment about the story is affecting how I'm reporting it to you. No subliminal messages, no attempt to try and convince you of what to think. Just reporting the facts as they are. Because when Donald Trump says, yes, they stole the election, then my job as a journalist would be to say, hum, dear viewer or listener, the president of the United States is continuing to make allegations. And that's it. That's journalism. And to hear people just come out and say, well, Donald Trump lied again today about uh, voter fraud. Unfounded claims. Okay, well, there is a right way and a wrong way in journalism to use the term unfounded. You say, as of yet, unfounded claims of bias and fraud. and But the accusations continue to be made, and... As a patriot of the United States, I would presume most people would want those allegations at least checked out. It's funny how the collusion delusion was well worth spending millions upon millions of dollars and sitting through four years of hearing the fine folks on the Democratic side of the aisle continue to assert that Donald Trump was never the legitimate president of the United States. And yet we hear from people at the New York Times that uh, Joe Biden is going to be the first president to face that, uh, the first president in history to have half of the country believe he is not legitimately the president. Hmm. So like I said with Ron back in the first hour, I'm guessing according to the New York Times now, history officially started today because the last two Republican presidents in the minds of the Democratic Party were repeatedly called illegitimate. Donald Trump's legitimacy as president has never been accepted by the left. George W. Bush was never legitimately accepted by the majority of the left. They still think Al Gore should have won. There have been others that certain fringe elements were brave and bold enough to publicly denounce the legitimacy. But to pretend when the New York Times columnist himself in the earliest days of the Trump presidency stated that Donald Trump was illegitimate – is sitting there and telling you that, oh, no, it's a lie. Nobody, nobody on the Democratic side ever said. We never said that uh, Donald Trump was illegitimate. Uh, no, you never stopped saying 
that he was illegitimate. But I see this story, and Politico's top political reporter, Tim Alberta, informed the RNC of the outlet's new standards in an email after the RNC spokesperson complained that Alberta had not reached out for comment before publishing an over 7,000-word magazine piece on the GOP's ongoing effort to challenge Michigan's election results. Now, and this is coming from the Washington Post, by the way, and the piece titled uh, The Inside Story of Michigan's Fake Voter Fraud Scandal. Again, uh, have we gone so clickbaity that that's the accepted thing now? I mean, I get if you're some uh, fringe website that's really uh, – I got uh, two paragraphs of story and then a huge page of ads everywhere, and I'm hoping you'll accidentally click on one of them. Uh, yes, uh, follow that. The inside story of Michigan's fake voter fraud scandal. Now, I would very much like to believe that they mean the inside story of Michigan's fake voter fraud scandal. I need to put a, a comment in there, and then I would be willing to agree. But, but this the story, this piece over at Politico mentioned McDaniel by name. 18 times, did not reach out for comment. Now, after Alberta's piece was published, the RNC communications director, Michael uh, Edrins, again, sorry, Michael, wrote to Alberta in an email saying, quote, is there a lot more editorial leeway granted with magazine pieces that allow you to write at length about someone and not reach out to them at all before publishing? Haven't run into this before with Politico or many other mainstream outlets, to be honest, but wanted to check. Seems like a reasonable question to me. Seems kind of scary. If you ask me. Now, Alberta responded by saying that he felt, quote, no obligation to reach out to the RNC or McDaniel for the peace or at any time in the future because they have proven, quoting again now, proven so dishonest and so untrustworthy. Alberta's complete message, according to emails obtained by the Post, says, quote, <clears throat> Thanks for reaching out. To answer your question, our editorial standards are fairly uniform across mediums and verticals. 99.9% of the time, I will request comment from a principal or organization I'm writing about. However, there are extremely rare instances when the person slash entity has proven so dishonest and so untrustworthy that I feel no obligation to provide them a platform from which to deceive the public. Sadly, that is the case with Chairwoman McDaniel and her staff at the RNC. If you'd like to pass along comment from her in response to the piece, I'd be happy to review it. Thanks, and happy Thanksgiving. Irons took uh, Alberta's claim about the news outlet's editorial standards and emailed a group 
of political reporters of his understanding that the new standards would now apply to your coverage as well. Politico editor-in-chief Matt Kaminsky responded to the email backing up Alberta's claim about the Outwood's editorial standards and his view of the RNC and McDaniel as too dishonest to seek comment from. Kaminsky's uh, response was, quote, Michael, Tim's Magazine story is based on deep reporting on both sides of the aisle in Michigan the past few weeks and draws on years of reporting on the GOP and, of course, Michigan too. His relationship with Rona McDaniel goes back most of the past decade. Tim's credibility on this piece and in general is beyond question. I won't get into our editorial processes with you or anyone else except to say that we stand by every word of the piece. Let's also dispense with the nonsense about our changing standards. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and assume you know the answer. If you or McDaniel wish to reply to the piece or submit an op-ed on this or another topic, would be happy to consider it. So in a follow-up statement to the Daily Wire, Politico continued to stand by Alberta's story and his email uh, to the Post. Uh, Politico described Alberta as a relentless journalist, tirelessly in search of the facts. Now obviously uh, in this case, Tim slammed Politico's standards, telling the Post that uh, whether you agree with who you are covering or not… Whether you agree with who you're covering or not, the basic standards of journalism should still apply. I've never heard of a news organization taking the position that they are beyond question and therefore do not need to reach out to the people they cover. But that's where we're at. That is where we are. Politico… Which I got to tell you, I have found Politico to kind of be hit or miss in the past. They have managed to they've managed to to get it right more often than a lot of the more mainstream media outlets. But they are still mainstream, and right now if you want to be in that in-club, you have got to silence all the voices you disagree with. This is cancel culture on steroids. Now I get that these people would very much love for us all to sit down, shut up, and just kumbaya into the age of Biden for the 15 minutes that they're going to pretend like he's actually the president before they roll him out of the way and install Kamala or pull whatever shenanigans they're going to end up doing when uh, Chief's little working theory still isn't completely out of the question either. 
They would love for us to stop fighting for the republic. They would love for us to to stop clinging to the very notions of liberty because, you know, why should we have freedom? Why should anyone challenge these people at their level? There's no reason for that. Why should we do it? We should just sit down and be good little minions, follow their lead, and do what they tell us. It's the only way they're happy. And the worst part for them, not not for us, because we're not going to stop. Even if we end up in the re-education camps, even if we have to slide off the coast just outside of the the territorial waters where – It'd be illegal for them to come grab us off of the – and then broadcast the truth from there, hoping they don't send the military after us anyway. The worst part for them is going to be the fact that right now they think they're soldiers for the cause, and as soon as that part of the battle's over, they become useless to those who seek to destroy the Constitution. They then become the next round of the hunted. And it couldn't have happened to a nicer bunch of folks. So stay strong, fellow patriots. We're going to need to stay strong and stay together. In the meanwhile, I'm going to have to call it a night for now. Thank you for being here. Special shout-outs to Cajun Chief and uh, Annie from Southern Sense for hanging out with me for the the, uh, chat room time. Want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah. We are in that season. And remember, whatever else you do, don't take my word for it. Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And in the meanwhile, stay safe, stay uh, healthy, and uh, you know, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out for now. See you Friday night, or at least I hope I will. And uh, have a great day. Uh, Rest of the week until then, I'm out.